I can tell you the one thing I'm always looking for if it's an SEO role is someone has a hunger to learn. Because everything else I feel can be taught, you know, certainly on the account management side, there are some soft skills and just how do you manage people. But yeah, for SEO, it's always about, do you have that hunger to learn? Do you have the humility that it's going to change all the time? And sometimes you're going to be wrong. Hello, everyone. (laughs) You know what? Let's run with this live version. Fuck it. (laughs) Hello, everyone. My name is Daniel Keichung. At least I got my name right. And welcome back to Trading Sundays. (laughs) Wow, this, we're going only, we can only go up from here. Today's episode, I have Sam Torres. She is the chief digital officer at The Grey Dot Company, and she also has a whole bunch of experience that we want to go into. So over to you, Sam, Uh, you know, go for it. Thanks. Yeah, so my name is Sam. Um, I work at The Grey Dot Company with my partner, Tori Gray. We get to run a really fun team of very targeted tech SEOs, uh, usually working with tech companies and regulated industries. So yeah, we just get to have a lot of fun. And then I really, uh, I like the way you say I have a lot of experience because I feel like that's your polite way of saying I'm old. Uh, So I have been doing SEO for 13, almost 14 years. Uh, Before that, I was a developer, so I'm very code heavy. Uh, So yeah, I just love, I love SEO. I love tech. I love talking about it. Uh, So you'll probably have to tell me to stop talking every now and then. Fantastic. 13 years from development into SEO. What are your thoughts on developers versus SEO? Should it even be versus? Uh, So I'm not sure versus, but more collaborative would be good. Um, Obviously, I have to say I kind of like them because I married one. Uh, So uh, that also helps because anytime I run into an issue, I'm like, oh, I need my full stack developer. And I just bring it up at dinner and withhold his food if he doesn't answer. Um. But yeah, I've actually tried to do a lot of education on this topic because, you know, uh, yes, I'm very fortunate. I know both code and SEO. And so there's a lot of times I can make things happen that maybe other SEOs or SEO teams would be a little bit more uh, prohibited. Um, But definitely any of the education, it's just about communication and understanding that both sides of the aisle are people. They have goals. We have to figure out what are we working toward together and why. Uh, that it's, it's frankly a lot the same as working with clients. It's just why are you doing what you're doing? Are you spending your resources in the right place? Uh, and just really trying to understand, you know, they have their own priorities. They have their own managers breathing down their necks. So how can you make their job easier for them uh, so that they can also make your job easier for you? So wow. yeah, that's my view of I love that. devs. That, that was a TED Talk in itself. That was brilliant. I love how you said both <laughs> you. sides of the aisle are people and you related that to also clients because, you know, a lot of the time we, we forget that. Yes. All right. So jumping into your professional experience, where do we start? Like how did you get into SEO 13 years ago and how have you moved upwards in sure. both uh, roles and So pay? I originally got started in it. Um, So yeah, I started coding websites uh, as a kid, started doing it professionally when I was in high school. Uh, And then uh, when I was in college, I was actually part of a professional gaming uh, unit. So I used to play Halo, it paid for college. 
And so my community wanted a website and they wanted a forum. Uh, so actually, because of that website, I started having to learn the principles of SEO because it was like, why can't people find our forums? Why aren't people joining our troop? So from there, I just kind of started to develop it. Uh, I do have a degree in marketing, but I originally got it because I thought I wanted to go into visual merchandising. So way different. Uh, but then I got out of college, went for a digital marketing role at a SaaS company. And they were like, how much do you know about SEO? By the way, I thought I knew a ton and now know well enough to know. I did not know what I was doing. Uh, thankfully, though, neither did my boss. They did not understand SEO either. Uh, so I got to learn a lot of things uh, by doing it poorly and figuring out what went wrong. Um, cause also it was the kind of SaaS company where it's like, if you get one sale per year, you're good because it's just really expensive software. Uh, so yeah, I just kind of ended up in there and I was doing digital marketing. So across the board, sales support, uh, I was having to do paid advertising, uh, but I just really enjoyed the organic side and the idea of just answer people's questions, just start conversations and give them what they want. Uh, because, uh, I'm a very extroverted person and I love communication. I have another degree in, uh, the study of languages because I never want to meet someone that I cannot communicate with. It's just really important to me. Uh, so really just figuring out how do we bridge the gap and how do we get the right kind of people? I just really loved it from there. And then of course, you know, there's the tech side, so I get to still be nerdy. Uh, so that's kind of how I ended up there. Uh, from the SaaS company, I, yeah, working in-house, it was a little too slow for me. Uh, there wasn't much ability for change whenever I would ask for like, hey, can I have a budget? I was always told the budget is my salary. So <laughs> didn't leave a lot of room to do uh, anything new or exciting. Uh, so I ended up uh, through a friend who knew an agency owner here in Atlanta and so got my first interview. Uh probably made it sound like I knew more than I did again. So there was a little bit of a theme here in the beginning of my career, which I don't recommend. Um, but also this was back in the days that most people didn't know what it was. And we still had, you know, 600 pages for a single keyword because of all the different ways that it could be spelled. Oh yeah. By the way, people do not know how to spell refrigerator. It's awful. Uh, so uh, yeah, I landed in my first agency role um, as an organic search manager. Uh, and really, my job was just to talk to people and figure out strategies. And so from there, I was really able to grow because I was able to try a ton of different strategies, tactics. Uh, and thankfully, I did have a mentor who really knew SEO, probably didn't know people very well. Uh, but I at least got to learn the SEO side. Uh, and like I said, just just test and, and try things and figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, and yeah, so that that was fun and eventually was just there long enough, uh, I guess, um, and worked my way up uh, to being the director of integrated accounts. So I managed basically all clients, all disciplines. Um, I managed everything from our dev and video department to the SEO and PPC. So got to experience a lot and see what works and also see what doesn't. Uh, so yeah, I feel like that was a lot. So where, where more do you want to go? <laughs> well, there's there's two things. 
and they're both kind of different pathways. And one is, how did you move up from your initial role at that agency to becoming director of integrated accounts? And the second question is agency versus in-house. Let's start with the first one. So how did you get internally promoted? Was it offered to you or did you have to push for it? Uh, So the first promotion I received was offered um, and that was based on my performance. So I was managing the most clients, had the highest retention rate. uh, And I will say, I think it's just because of the communication, setting expectations uh, and really, you know, Uh, At that agency, I had a lot of clients who were sole proprietors. So really just talking with them and taking the time because this literally is how they pay their mortgage is this business. So really, really focusing on that. Um, So like I said, the first one was was pretty much offered. After that, I did have to fight for them. Uh, And so it was a lot of this is where I learned uh, the benefit of keeping a record of my wins Uh, and whether or not that was going to be useful just, and frankly, just the times imposter syndrome happens, or I would be put down because I'm female and in a technical field, just kind of revisiting that to be like, you know what? I do know my shit and I'm okay. And I at least know enough to also know when I don't know. Right. Um, so really keeping that record of what I was doing, uh, and, and as much of my successes, as much as like, Oh, that didn't work. Don't do that again. Um, so did a lot of that and I've carried that with me from agency to agency. So, you know, I make sure there's nothing proprietary in it. Uh, but that way I always kind of have that, that log book of, of myself, I guess I would say. Um, other ways I had to fight for it. I did have to do a lot of numbers games and just showing, you know, the value that I bring um, and why I should be able to manage this. Um, I also did a lot of automation work within the agency So I would do a lot of training across teams before I even became their supervisor of, hey, here's some ways that we can all save time. Um, And so uh, that always worked out in my favor because uh, I, well, I was a developer and inherently developers are lazy. So we're just going to figure out the fastest way to get something done uh, because we don't, we don't want to do it forever. So um, yeah, really just, just taking that training and education piece um, helped me a lot as far as being able to secure those positions. And what type of like receipts did you keep to to show proof that you were like going back to what you said of how you would prove your value to the business when you're going for a promotion? Like what examples can you provide for those who are listening to think about what they can maybe screenshot or whatever? Sure. So if you're someone who is client facing, Um, certainly I would keep record of conversations. And a lot of this was also CYA because like, just in case the client came back, um, and said something different, but a lot of conversations of like, if something started, that wasn't great. And how did we turn it around? You know, if an account was maybe in the yellow or the red, as far as status and what steps did we take to bet it, to get it back into the green? Um, so I kept a lot of you know, just like I said, just kind of that person communication log. Um, other times it was just looking at the numbers and saying, hey, you know, uh, like I said, I didn't keep any brand names or anything like that. But maybe, you know, XYZ industry in six months, we did A, B, C, and D. My strategy included this and it grew by 209% or something like that. 
Uh, so really anything that the company or the agency would have considered a case study, I kept that information for myself as well. Um, because you're part of that team, you should totally, you should absolutely keep track of that um, because those are things to be proud of. And then on the flip side, like I said, I also kept track of, you know, conversation went south with a client. Why? And let's try to figure it out. Um, and really that being introspective or retrospective, I think helped a lot with the growth. Um, and it, be, it it became things to talk about with my coworkers of like, hey, how did you handle this? Right. Um, and so just building that internal camaraderie as well. Very good insight. Now to that second question, and that is agency versus in-house. I know earlier you said you didn't really like your in-house experience because it was a little bit slow. Uh, can you talk about that? What does that actually mean? And is it dependent on your personality? Uh, I think it's very dependent on your personality. And it, I'd say it also really depends on work, like where in-house is. Um, I definitely have some colleagues who are in-house and they absolutely love it. And it seems like they're moving 200 miles an hour. Um, you know, I really only have the one in-house experience. I've been agency ever since then. Uh, I toyed with the idea of going back in-house. Uh, but what I found is a lot of the times they want you to do a lot more than just SEO. Um, so, you know, for me, if I were to go in-house, which I mean, I, I own the Greydot company with Tori, so I'm probably not leaving anytime soon. Uh, but if I were to go in-house, uh, I would definitely have to be on a large enough team where I could focus on just SEO. Um, or, or at least there's an understanding of it. Because if I feel if you're trying to hire someone to tackle everything, it's just going to be really hard to succeed. Uh, I know it still happens, and I know that sometimes budgets require it. Um, but I would push back and say it, it might be better to go for an agency at that point with the, the same amount of money you would be spending on a salary. Um, yeah, in-house, um, my business partner, kind of funny, she loves it because uh, she's like, you get to see strategies really go to fruition and like see everything that happens and you miss that in agency life. And I'm like, eh, no, still sounds too slow to me. <laughs> I want lots of problems and I want to have varied problems. Um so yeah, for me, I think agency life will just always be what I naturally go to because I just want a challenge after challenge, uh, which probably thrills my husband. Um, but certainly I, I can understand, you know, in-house, you do kind of get to see that longer thread really win out and there's something very appealing to that, uh, but that's just not me. So, cool. Yeah. I mean, I want to shift gears a little bit because I think from our conversation before recording uh you have a bit of management experience and then i asked you are you do you have hiring responsibilities in your career and you said yes so i thought it would be really interesting for those listening to understand as an ant candidate applying for whether it's agency or in-house what the hiring manager is actually looking for because i went through this and you know it's it's hard to read someone's mind from a jd so over to you, Sam. What exactly are you looking for when you're hiring? Uh, so great question. Um, and yes, I've been very fortunate to hire and train um, actually almost uh, 100 people in my career. So that's been really rewarding. Uh, and I can tell you the one thing I'm always looking for, if it's an SEO role, is someone has a hunger to learn. Is everything else I feel can be taught, you know, certainly on the account management side, there are some soft skills and just how do you manage people. 
um, that actually, if, if it's account management, I always look for somebody with retail or restaurant experience. Um, but yeah, for SEO, it's always about, do you have that hunger to learn? Do you have the humility that it's going to change all the time? And sometimes you're going to be wrong, right? Um, everything else can be taught, uh, except that, um, so, uh, yeah, uh, oddly enough, I, like you said, it, when we were talking about it, I usually know within the first minute I'm going to hire someone. Uh, a lot of no's that have happened is because it's very apparent they don't want a female boss. So that's always been really interesting. Um, cause it's like, well, if you're not going to be able to take that direction, you're just not going to be a culture fit, like just period. Right. Um, then uh, from there, the ways that people have talked themselves out of a job or talked themselves back in, uh, like I say, is it, it's really that, where are you right now? Do you recognize where you are? And I don't, I don't fault people when they think they're further on their journey or less far on their journey, right? Because sometimes you just don't really know where you are because you haven't been, been in it long enough. Um, but what I am looking for is someone who is willing to, to amend that and keep an open mind about it. Um, and certainly like on the, you know, there are some things you start looking for, like how technical are you? Can you, you know, can you use Excel? Right. So some of those basic things, but, but like I say, even a lot of those, those can be taught. Um, it's really just that attitude, um, because SEO can be brutal. SEO doesn't stay the same. That's why I love it, but also that's why it's exhausting. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's, it's really just that hunger to learn, um, and the humility to be wrong. hundred percent. And I'm just nodding my head, not that anyone can see, but in tangible <laughs> terms, how could, let's say a, someone who's has no experience, so it's a junior position, across to a more senior role, how do they demonstrate that they have this curiosity, willingness to learn? Uh, so I do think a lot of that is, uh, so uh, when interviewing for a more senior position, we'll start talking about strategy. And I'm not necessarily looking for the person to get the same answer I would, but I want them to talk me through their process on um, and so, you know, definitely some tangible things that people can do is, you know, like I said, keep record of kind of the work that you've done or even just problems that you've thought about. So even if you're brand new and you're starting to do research, like, have you read the technical guide on Moz? Have you read anything from one link, right? You don't have to have those things, but that I would say, do your research. It's pretty ideal. Um so really start thinking, even if you don't have actual experience, maybe say, hey, I remember I was reading this particular article and the person mentioned, you know, that this particular tactic increased traffic by X, you know, bring that up and say, hey, I want to talk about it. Um, I actually did have a couple, like I had two candidates in, in my career that when it came to the part where they got to ask me questions, they brought up those things of like, hey, I want to know what you would do. Um, and it just struck a really good conversation. And then it was also a chance for me to say, how do they receive what I'm saying? How do they then process that and feed it back? You know, I don't need you to come up with an answer immediately, but how are you processing it? How are you communicating? Um, like I said, you don't have to have real world experience. Just start referencing and thinking about like, okay, I saw, you know, I saw Lily post about this thing about EAT. 
what would I think about that? You know, why do I think that's important? Why do I think that's not important? Um, so really just talking through the whys um, more than it depends. We all know it depends, but why does it depend? Um, so to me, getting into the why is really when that junior person starts to become more senior um, is because it depends is no longer a satisfactory answer. Correcto. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, something I also want to ask is, uh, yes, because – from your experience, because you've had you're interviewing candidates, and let's say, you know, based on my own experience when I was interviewing for jobs that I wanted at you know really big prestigious firms here in Australia, the first interview round is is quite easy because you're speaking to your line manager who understands SEO to some degree because they're the ones who want that position. Then the next stage is with some person who, you know, if it's agile or whatever as a chapter lead or someone who doesn't know what SEO is. They want to understand culture fit and then all this other stuff that if you're not a good interviewee and you don't practice in interviewing, then you're going to really suck and feel really shit about. Do you have any mm -hmm. advice about that? Because you can't really ask them stuff about things you've read about SEO. Because they'll be like, I don't understand. I don't give a shit. Are you a culture fit? Eh, I don't know. So over <laughs> to you. I don't know. Like that was really frustrating for me and it really pissed me off because I didn't understand what the hell they wanted me to say. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I love that question because uh, this is actually advice I got from um, a friend of mine who's in a completely different field, um, but he he always does at least one interview per quarter to stay sharp. And so uh, I'll be honest, I've stopped now that I own the great company, um, but throughout my career, I've always tried to do that. Um, you know, certainly it's it's been more difficult at times than others to secure interviews, especially when I was still a very like junior to moderate level SEO. Uh, but yes, absolutely. I, I recommend, even if you do not have any interest in leaving, um, I realize that uh, interviewing managers uh, might hate me right now for saying that, but keep, keep the skill sharp. Um, well, and also you never know, you might land into something that you're like, holy crap, this actually sounds so much better than what I'm doing right now. Let's go. Um, so I think there's that, um, and for culture fit, that is, I, I would say that's really difficult for, for anybody. Um, like I said, my husband's a developer and man, their, their hiring process is fucking brutal. Uh, so at that, always do your research on the company itself. Um, and for culture interviews, the more you can ask them questions, the better, because again, they're people and most people like to talk about themselves. Uh, I am also guilty, clearly. Uh, but, you know, turn it back on them. Because I'd also say, remember, it is you interviewing them for culture fit as much as they are interviewing you. Um, so remember that you have value. You could bring that to them. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you don't mesh and that's somebody that you would be reporting to, that might be something to consider. Uh, because, you know, if, if you're getting creepy vibes or, you know, mm, this person just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, it's not going to get better. Yeah, so, it's not going to yeah. get better. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter how much you want to work there for whatever preconceptions you have. Like your initial reaction and your communication with that person usually tells you in the first few seconds, is this going to be right? And there's no point fighting it sometimes. 
Yes. Yeah. And and that that sometimes can be very heartbreaking because I definitely have run into those situations, interviewed for a couple brands, and I was like, this is going to be really great. And then finally got to like maybe the fourth or fifth round. And then it was just like, I don't, you know, just, just something about it felt off. Um, you know, I'd love to say trust your gut as much as possible. Sometimes, frankly, you got bills, so you got to do what you got to do. Um, but maybe even if you're in that case, you know, I'm not going to say you have to journal, but start to think about what, where is that coming from? Cause is it something that's fixable? Um, sometimes you'll find that maybe problems aren't quite as big as you thought they were or vice versa. You might figure out like, wow, this is really not okay. And I cannot do this for myself. Um, so yeah, just really start to think about where, where maybe any of those negative feelings may be coming from so that you at least know a little bit better what you may be getting yourself into. Uh, because being miserable in a job, it's just, I've been there and being burned out in it. And it just, man, it affects everything in your life. Absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Yeah. And, and hence why the name of the podcast, Dreading Sundays, it's about yes. hating your life because of this thing called work to pay bills. And yes, we have bills to pay and there's all that stuff, capitalism, whatever. But, you know, it takes up such a huge portion of our time. And for the listeners of this podcast, you're probably going to be working or already working in digital and search. And there's a lot of money to be made, so much opportunity. And if you can harness that and know your worth and be, even if you feel as though you're not ready for it, just willing to go, yes, I'm going to fuck it, I'm going to try, then those are opportunities that others won't necessarily see or try. And that's your opportunity. And that's the whole point of this 100%. podcast is to motivate you to go for that job. And as you said, like, I love that advice. You said, you know, one interview per quarter, not just to, you know, piss off your boss, unless you want to, but it does. Right. It's like practicing, <laughs> it's like practicing tech SEO, practicing on page, practicing everything. You yes. need to have skin in the game. And, you know, back to my own experience, my first interview, I was so out of shape, like physically and mentally. Like, yeah, <laughs> you have to practice. It's like everything else. It's muscle memory. You have to put yourself in a vulnerable position so that you can see, oh, this is the way I need to improve. So that when it comes time to ask for that promotion or get that job at that place you really want, you don't completely suck. <laughs> yes, like 100%. I did. And I'd also say, remember that, you know, as a profession, SEO is very young, Right. Uh, I think there are textbooks starting to come out, but I would still probably say they're out of date as soon as they're actually coming to print. Um, what is a textbook? Any, so I could, I, I could be very wrong, right? Yeah. Um, but with all of that in mind, like it is young, which means that you know, remember that even those of us who have been doing it for ten years, we don't know what the fuck we're doing any more than anybody else. Like it is, it's young. It is open for opportunity. Um, that's why I hate the gatekeeping because I think it's there's there's so much more that this industry has to give if we would just open it up. Um, and, you know, thankfully, uh, I have no respect for things like that. So I just kind of elbowed my way into the boys club. Um, but, you know, it's not nobody is there's no one who can say they know exactly what's going on or understand the algorithm. Like it's just not humanly possible. Um, so it, you know, it, like I said, it's open. Uh, you probably know more than you think you do. Um, and just go for it because none of us really know. 
we're just all kind of saying like, yeah, I think this will work. Let's see what happens. So I think that kind of perspective actually leads to some really cool results as well. That's it. And I love this this term that Dawn Anderson coined. I think she coined it, but she calls us all, well, not all, but some SEOs as guess EOs. <laughs> but ultimately, yes, that's what oh we're doing. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that before, and I love it. It's so good. It's so apt. It is. Because ultimately, is that's what we do. percent accurate. We see something, yeah, we make a hypothesis, we test, we measure hopefully we're measuring and then we make a conclusion sometimes with or without data (laughs) well and so that is kind of the fun part about like organic versus ppc right ppc is very much it's a science it's math you Mm. pull these levers Mm -hmm. and see what happens seo is such an art and it's so open to interpretation um and again that's what makes it so much fun and also so exhausting because mm-hmm. what worked over here may not necessarily work for this brand. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, that's, that's fantastic. That's what I keeps that. us enjoying it and living our lovely lifestyles. <laughs> yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sam. Uh, how can people connect with you if they want to? Sure. So I am on Twitter, uh, Sam Torres ATL. Uh, so reach out on there. I also am on LinkedIn, but I'm on it quite a bit less. And then certainly for anyone listening to the podcast who identifies as a woman, please, 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 please join Women in Tech SEO. Uh, that community has absolutely changed my life. It's how I met my business partner um, and just really amazing people all around the world. Um, sorry, dudes. But, you know, we ladies have to have a safe space and it is a beautiful space. And I highly recommend because um, it's it, Arige has built something truly magical there. Big shout out to Arige. She has she has had to elbow her way there and she has copped so much shit from dudes from everywhere. And, yes. uh, you know, full support to what she's building there. And, you know, you're a case study of how brilliant things can be in a safe space. Yeah, and I guess I should apologize for saying dudes. I'm sorry, but those who identify as male, that was that was not cool of me. So sorry about that. All good. All right. Thank you so much. And that is a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And I'll see you in the next episode.